welcome to the Preacher Chick Podcast. I am Stacy, the Preacher Chick, and today is day 309 of reading the Bible together every day this year. Today, we're beginning another book of the Bible. Yesterday, we wrapped up 1 Corinthians. Today, we're going to begin 2 Corinthians. Um, there is, without a doubt, um, confidence in the authorship of this book, this letter being written by Paul. So this is an epistle. This is a letter um, to the believers in Corinth, and he is writing to them um, because he needed to make sure that they had a, a clear understanding of what was expected of them, and he knew that there were things happening in the church that um, were not okay. They were allowing false teachers and um, and not following the truest example of what Jesus said to do and how um, the apostles were teaching and leading people to um, follow and be a part of the kingdom of God. So he is writing all of this to to um, help solidify um, his ministry and his call and the teachings of Jesus. Um, And so that's the heart behind 2 Corinthians. There is a great teaching video today from the Bible Project, and you'll find that linked in the show notes, so don't miss it. Um, And watch it and then listen along. Let's get going. sure I said that we were going to read and begin first or second Corinthians, but I don't think I said what exactly, not that it should be unclear, but we're going to read first and second chapters of second Corinthians, and then we'll go to Psalm 149. So here we go. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will and Timothy, our brother to the church of God at Corinth with all the saints who are throughout Achaia. No, I don't even know. Achaia. Well, that's what we'll say. Achaia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Okay, this I think is powerful because sometimes we go through hard times and we don't understand and we get upset with God and sometimes we go through those hard times Um, and we allow God to be our comfort, to be our source, to be our hope and peace so that in a, in a couple weeks, a couple months, when somebody else goes through a a trial, a time of suffering, a time of, of, um, pain, we can come to them and we can say, Hey, listen, I know I've not walked this exact same road, but I've walked through pain. And let me tell you what God did for me in that time. And he's so good. Um, we do this to spur one another on. So he continues on for just as the sufferings of Christ overflow to us. So also through Christ, our comfort overflows. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings that we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that as you share in the sufferings, so you will also share in the comfort. We don't want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, of, of our affliction that took place in Asia. We were completely overwhelmed beyond our strength so that we even despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. 
He has delivered us from such a terrible death, and he will deliver us. We have put our hope in him that he will deliver us again while you join in helping us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gift that came to us through the prayers of many. Indeed, this is our boast. The testimony of our conscience is that we have conducted ourselves in the world, and especially toward you, with godly sincerity and purity, not by human wisdom, but by God's grace. For we are writing nothing to you other than what you can read and also understand. I hope you will understand completely, just as you have partially understood us, that we are your reason for pride, just as you also are ours in the day of our Lord Jesus. Because of this confidence, I plan to come to you first so that you could have a second benefit and to visit you on my way to Macedonia and then come to you again from Macedonia and be helped by you on my journey to Judea. Now, when I planned this, I was of two minds. Was I of two minds? Or what I plan? Do I plan in purely human ways so that I say yes, yes, and no, no at the same time? As God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among you, Silvanus, Timothy, and I, did not become yes and no. On the contrary, in him it is always yes. For every one of God's promises is yes in him. Therefore, through him, we also say amen to the glory of God. Um, I don't know if we've talked about this. I can't remember. But amen basically means so be it. And so he's saying like, okay, so every one of God's promises is yes in him. And so because of that, we say amen, so be it for the glory of God. Now it is God who strengthens us together with you in Christ and who has anointed us. He has also put his seal on us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a down payment. Okay, so this is where when you receive salvation, when you come before the Lord and you do what... um Paul wrote about in Romans where you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that Christ, that, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. At that moment, in that sincere moment, then what Paul is saying here is that the Holy Spirit is placed as a down payment. Um, I like to attribute this to similar to um, a king or queen's decree that if they send something official, they um, and I don't know if they still do it this way. But there was a seal that they would use. You know, they would melt the wax and put the wax over the letter, and then they would use their signet, their signet ring, their signet stamp, and they would press that into the wax to make it an official binding document that this is really who it's from. This is really who this letter belongs to. These are truly the words of that person. And that's what the Holy Spirit does upon salvation. God uses the Holy Spirit as a down payment, as a deposit, as a seal upon us that sets us apart and makes it clear Um in the spirit realm, who we belong to. And Paul goes on, I call on God as a witness on my life that it was to spare you that I did not come to Corinth. I do not mean that we lorded over your faith, but we are workers with you for your joy because you stand firm in your faith. In fact, I made my made up my mind about this. I would not come to you on another painful visit. For if I cause you pain, then who will cheer me other than the one being hurt by me? I wrote this very thing so that when I came, I wouldn't give pain. I wouldn't have pain from those who ought to give me joy because I'm confident about all of you that my joy will also be yours. For I wrote to you with many tears out of an extremely troubled and anguished heart, not to cause you pain, but that you should know the abundant love I have for you. If anyone has caused pain, he has caused pain not so much to me, but to some degree, not to exaggerate to all of you. This punishment by the majority is sufficient for that person. As a result, you should instead forgive and comfort him. Otherwise, he may be overwhelmed by excessive grief. 
Therefore, I urge you to reaffirm your love to him. I wrote for this purpose, to test your character, to see if you are obedient and everything. Anyone you forgive, I do too. For what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, it is for your benefit in the presence of Christ, so that we may not be taken advantage of by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. When I came to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ, even though the Lord opened a door for me, I had no rest in my spirit because I did not find my brother Titus. Instead, I said goodbye to them and left for Macedonia. But thanks be to God, who always leads us in Christ's triumphal procession and through us spreads the aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. For to God, we are the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. This is, oh, come on, listen to this. To some, we are an aroma of death leading to death but to others an aroma of life leading to life. Who is adequate for these things? For we do not market the word of God for profit like so many. On the contrary, we speak with sincerity in Christ as from God and before God. Mm, gosh, so good. I just, I, I, listen, my two favorite disciples, apostles, Peter and Paul, my favorite. Psalm 149. Hallelujah. Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in the assembly of the faithful. Let Israel celebrate its maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. Let the faithful celebrate in triumphal glory. Let them shout for joy on their beds. Let the exultation of God be in their mouths and a double-edged sword in their hand. Come on. You know, we know what the double-edged sword is because we have uh, the New Testament that tells us that the word of God is like a double-edged sword, right? Um, inflicting vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, binding their kings with chains and dignitaries with iron shackles, carrying out the judgment decreed against them. This honor is for all his faithful people. Hallelujah. Friends, that's it for today. Um, and that don't, I mean, that's good stuff. Let that sit with you and marinate. I hope you come back tomorrow so we can continue to read the Bible together. See you then.